millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. (laughs) I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Nerdwallet finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Hey, I'm Shauna Game. This is Millennium Money. And today we're talking, is it a goal or is it a wish? So we are rounding, um, or actually closing out yet another month in 2017. And before you know it, I feel like it's going to be like uh, Halloween and then Thanksgiving and Christmas, and the year is going to be over. And so I always get asked the question, you know, what are some of the secrets of success that I have seen, you know, working with some of the wealthiest people that I've worked with, people that I have studied or that have been my mentors? And I think one of the key components really is goals. And goals that aren't written down really are a wish. And I hear that over and over and over again from people, you know, um, I mean, I've spoken to people who have hundreds of millions of dollars in assets, to people who are running successful businesses, people who have sold successful businesses, um, (laughs) people who have started up businesses that are uber successful right now. And it always comes back to this idea of a goal, but not just goals that you have in mind, goals that are firmly written down, reviewed often, and, uh, you know, looked at, right? Because I think we uh, neglect the importance of, of goals and seeing our goals, right? We think we have these things kind of like loosely planted in our brain, you know, but kind of as we go through the day, as we go through life, you know, we get sidetracked, like we get busy, we get so many things that we're worried about or trying to do, or maybe we're, you know, dating somebody new and like our goals are kind of, you know, just like literally thrown out of the convertible top. Um, And so we lose our way a little bit. I think it's really easy to, especially now with all of the information, I mean, 
you know, you, you have your phone in your hand and literally you can look up anything in the entire world, right? You can waste time when you're waiting for airplanes. Uh, you can waste time when you're bored. Um, you know, you, whatever you want to know is really at your fingertips and in a way that really hasn't been prevalent in the past. And so I think all of that information, it tends to make us super confused, right? If we're thinking about anything, whether it's we want to buy a house or we're trying to figure out how to invest or where to invest or where we want to travel to. I mean, just the idea of figuring out your travel destination literally can be mind numbing, right? Because there's so many different articles that say like, here's the best places you should go. No, here's the best places you should go. And I think, you know, we can sometimes just get in this, uh, it's almost like a tornado of thought and we just can't think clearly. And so we just don't do anything. Right. But what I have really found is writing out goals and I keep my goals in a journal and literally the next day I'll write new goals and new goals. And it's not like a, it's not like a to-do list. It's just like, okay, these are the things that I want to achieve either, you know, by the end of the week or by the end of the month or, you know, in 10 years. And it just, it helps me stay focused. But what it does also is it helps me to look back and go, oh my gosh, like I've already achieved that goal. Like I did that, you know, or I can see my progression of, where that goal was going and how maybe it got shaped. Maybe it was started out as one thing and then it totally transformed into something else. So this is again, just a success kind of secret, if you will. It's not really a secret. I mean, that's what's so ridiculous about it, but that can really lead to you having a massively successful year, no matter your income, no matter your job, no matter where you're at writing down goals is so important because again, a goal that is not in writing, it's just a wish. It's something you wish to happen, but there's nothing proactive behind it. There's no plan behind it. And, you know, I often get kind of challenged on this question about like, why am I so, um, not demanding, demanding is a really terrible word. Why am I so insistent? I don't know. Insistent still a bad word. I can't come up with a good word, but why am I known really as the budget girl? And why do I hammer like, you know, your numbers? And, you know, I tell people because the whole reason you're doing any of that, the whole reason that you're tracking what you're spending, you're tracking your credit score, um, you know, you're tracking your investments, any of that, it's not just for the purpose, the mere purpose of tracking your spending. And, you know, there's no award for the person who has saved the most money. It doesn't quite work like that, right? But the purpose is you have these goals, you have these things you want to achieve. So your budget is just the tool to get you to success. And I think, you know, if we thought about budget more that way, like if we thought about the power of knowing your numbers and the power of a budget and the power of like, even if we could drive out, you know, $50 a month or $100 a month or $1,000 extra a month, whatever it may be, you know, just by the mere practice of, you know, charting what we're spending our money on. But if that extra money over a period of time is the difference between us achieving our goal or not achieving our goal, I don't know about you, but I'm all for spending the 20 or 30 minutes a month that it takes to know my numbers and know where my expenses are going and kind of look over, you know, the past few months, like what are the trends? Are there particular areas where I'm just like consistently spending more money? Well, I got two choices. I either do something about that or I don't do something about that. But knowledge, it's, I know it sounds like a cliche, but it's so true. It literally does. It It's power and not power in a bad way, but power in a good way because 
then you're in charge. Like you're in the driver's seat. You can make choices and you know, you can, you can change those choices based off your goals. So you might be like scrimping and saving for a while to, let's say, buy a house, right? And every extra penny is going into this house fund. Well, once you buy the house, then obviously you need to reassess your goals because you've bought that, like you've made that major purchase. So I don't know, maybe you put more money into your fun fund, you know, where you travel, or maybe there's, you know, you need to buy a new car, or I don't know what it is. It's just your goal changes, right? But writing it down has that that direction, that path that gives you purpose for that particular goal. So let's just talk about a few like do's and don'ts of goals. Um, obviously, you gotta set the goal, right? We start right there. And and not just financial goals, right? Set spiritual goals, family goals, business goals, health goals. Be really specific about these goals and then make them measurable, right? So the goal isn't just, I'm going to travel to Hawaii in the summer. The goal is I'm going to travel to Hawaii in July. It's going to cost me $5,000. I got 200 bucks saved now. Here's what I need to do in order to reach that goal. I got 10,000 miles that I can use towards it, right? You see, you start to put like measurement behind the goal and then it's a lot easier for you to create the path to achieve the goal. If you just said, I got to save $10,000 by July for a trip, well, I mean, I can guarantee you, almost guarantee you that even if you have that money available, you probably won't have it set aside and saved for that particular goal because we just, we, human nature, like we need a plan. We need, you know, a pathway to get there. And you should set, you know, regular goals and then things that are called like stretch goals, right? So your regular goals are what you want to obtain with like consistent effort, right? So I want to save $100 a month. I want to donate to X charity each month. I want to, um, you know, work out three times a week to better my health. You know, I want to mend a relationship with a friend, you know, whatever, regular goals. And then stretch goals are about 10 to 20% higher in each category. So that way you can achieve your objectives really early and you can hit it outside of the park, but then you have these stretch goals, these things that you're really stretching towards that are going to take you, you know, potentially a lot longer to get there. Okay, so we got our goals, we got our regular and our stretch goals. Obviously, writing down your goals, it's the whole purpose of this podcast, super, super important. Um, but you got to announce your goals, right? To your friends, to your family, whoever you feel, unco- whoever you feel comfortable with. I was going to say uncomfortable with, but that's not good. Whoever you feel comfortable with, you want to announce your goals because those people are going to help you stay accountable to your goals. And you want to pick the right people, right? You don't want to pick the people that are going to make you feel bad for your goals or going to try and tempt you away from your goals. You want to pick people that are really going to be supportive and encouraging and you know, also kind of give you a little tough love if maybe you're veering off the track. You got to stay positive. So optimists tend to be correct over the long haul while pessimists usually are wrong, right? So being optimistic, it's not just something you're talking about. It actually chemically rewires your brain. So even if your goal is to save $50,000 now let's make it higher, $100,000 for a down payment for a house. And you've got like $5,000 saved right now. You know, technically your brain's going to tell you that's never going to happen. You should just give up on that goal. You should take the five grand. You should go off to, um, I don't know, Mexico and have a couple margaritas and have a good time, right? 
But being optimistic about your goal is saying, you know what, forget that. Every single day I'm making smart choices, I'm getting closer to that goal. And every month that 5K is growing, it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And you staying optimistic about that goal, the likelihood of you achieving that goal is so much greater. I mean, I'm not a psychologist, but I've done enough study of this that I can tell you that it is remarkable. I mean, think about people who are like, you know, they get they get the cancer diagnosis and they're told they've got six months to live. Um, one of my very, 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 very best friends who I met in college, um, she actually passed away last year of breast cancer, the worst kind of breast cancer. And she fought cancer for six years. And she was just the type of person that she could light up a room. Like she was just amazing, right? She tried so many different chemo treatments and what she went through, I can't, I cannot even imagine. But on her diagnosis, they told her, you have six months to live, right? And she said, forget that. So she literally just put on the optimistic thinking and she just kept saying, you know what, if I can get another six months, if I can get another six months, if I can get another six months. And it was over six years that she lived with that initial six month diagnosis. And, you know, before she passed away, um, you know, I asked her, I'm like, gosh, you know, how have you been able to hang on this long? And she said, I really just think it's because I've been optimistic and I've been focused on other people, not on myself. So she was a big person who believed in giving back. She set up her own foundation to help other um, families that are dealing with cancer. And so I really believe there's something in the optimism. Now, of course, her sad her story is a sad story because she ended up passing away way, 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 way too young. Um, but there are a lot of people that, that have illness and it's literally optimism that, uh, you know, obviously medicine and all these good things. I'm not discounting that, but it's, it's the optimism behind it of like, no, you know what? You can tell me whatever you want, but I know I'm going to be okay, right? And a lot of people come out of these terrible diagnoses and they attribute it to being optimistic. So there's definitely something in the recipe. Look, you can't go wrong being optimistic, right? You cannot, you cannot go wrong. What is the, what is the, the downside of being optimistic? Because I don't see it, you know? And I'm not saying I'm the most optimistic person in the world. Um, I certainly struggle with it uh, day to day. I'm not going to lie to you. But I, I just imagine like, what if we were all just really optimistic about achieving our goals? It would be really interesting to chart that, you know, how they they do those, those uh, studies where people will take placebo medicine and then they'll take the actual medicine and they'll kind of chart the results. I would love to chart with financial goals uh, what optimism does, what does, what kind of part does that play in you actually achieving those goals? All right. So we've got our optimism. We're staying positive. We also need to practice the law of attraction. So knowing you'll get more of what you focus on the most, think of yourself like as a target for the right people and the right opportunities. Again, it might sound crazy, but I really think there's something to it, especially when it comes to financial goals, because there is so much inherent stress and confusion and fear and all of these sorts of things that really lie at kind of the foundation of why we're not able to achieve financial goals. So the law of attraction is just literally, you know, practicing that that I'm a magnet, the right people are going to find me, the right opportunities are going to find me. If an opportunity falls away, it just means it was not the right opportunity. All right, then we got to be generous, right? So we got to give back and we've got to take on a leadership role no matter where we are in our life, no matter where we are in our career or in our family situation. 
you know, being a leader, giving back to your community. And I think this is, you know, definitely a millennial trend. Um, I'm super excited about a couple of people that I'm interviewing for the podcast this week who literally have redefined, um, you know, industries that we would normally think of that aren't focused on giving back. And they're really focused on creating things that give back. And I, I just think that's, that's a real kind of millennial focus. And I think it's great. I mean, we should all be thinking about that. And it, it doesn't have to be in this big sweeping way, right? It can just be in small little ways that help other people. But that sort of unlocks something in us. And I think combined with the optimism and the law of attraction and writing our goals down and announcing our goals and all sorts of things like that, it really helps point us in the right direction. All right, so let's talk about a couple don'ts, right? Because it's important to also think about the don'ts. Don't take shortcuts, right? Do what's required with honesty and integrity. And, you know, there's lots of ways, especially if we're talking about money, to, to take shortcuts. But a lot of these things, they take time, like saving money, doing your budget every month, you know, um, being diligent with tracking your numbers, uh, you know, looking at your credit report every year, looking at your, you know, 401k or IRA, you know, is it, is it balanced, right? Is it the right asset allocation? All of these sorts of things, right? Am I choosing, you know, the right, the right house? You know, is this a smart investment for me? I mean, I could go on and on, but a lot of these things, you can't take shortcuts, right? You got to just go through it. And, don't go it alone, right? Have a good team. If, if you run your own business, have a good CPA, have a good bookkeeper, have a good financial planner, have a good attorney. You know, we all need these teams of people to achieve our, our, especially our financial goals. Our life goals, of course, we need people around us that are helping us achieve those goals. But especially when we're talking about money, we need a good team of people because it really is a team approach. I often say I'm like a quarterback, right? So when I, when I talk to people and I'm doing money coaching with them, um, I'm kind of listening to everything. And then I'm figuring out as the quarterback, okay, where do I need, you know, sorry, ladies, I'm going to, I like football. So I'm going to give the football analogy, right? Who am I throwing the ball to? Um, so that they can go run, you know, the touchdown and score for our team. And that's really what it takes is that team approach. And also don't lose focus. You know, there's going to be definite times when, your commitment's going to waver and you're not as strong and you just don't want to do it, right? You don't want to do the budgeting thing. You don't want to save this month. You've got a bonus. You got your tax return. You don't want to do the right thing with it. You want to do something that you know maybe isn't the right decision, but don't lose focus. You know, those written down goals, I think can really help you, help your, um, your brain kind of refocus. Okay. Yes, this is what I'm going for. So what if you take a few, few bucks and go do something frivolous. It's not the end of the world. And we all should do that, right? If if this was all about us just saving money for the rest of our lives, I mean, what is, it's not a very fun life, right? And I know people who've done that. And there's nothing, there's nothing wrong against that. There's nothing wrong with no debt. There's nothing wrong with saving all your money. There's nothing wrong with that, right? But I, I really think that it's about balance too. And it's about balancing these goals. So those stretch goals that are going to take us a lot longer, you know, coupled with the regular goals, but then a sprinkle in fun, you know, have some fun with this and don't give up no matter how late you are in the race. Don't give up. You're going to be amazed at what can happen and nothing is done until it's done. Right. Um, I know that there are a lot of 
people in their 20s and 30s that are stressed out about student loan debt. They're stressed out about how much should they be saving for retirement, thinking about it now. And it's good to be thinking about it now. It's good to be concerned about student loan debt. It's good to be worried about these things. But I think there's a healthy amount of worry and then there's an unhealthy amount of worry because it's not over. This is a journey, right? This is not this is not just a destination. So it's going to take us a while to achieve a lot of these goals and there's going to be ebbs and flows and ups and downs and sometimes we're going to feel sideways and sometimes we're going to feel like we have got it all figured out, right? But don't give up. If you haven't started saving yet and you're hearing me say over and over again, start saving, start saving, and you can't or it's tough for you, don't worry. It's okay, right? Yeah, you may need to save more down the line, right? But you also don't know what down the line looks like for you. Maybe you might get, you know, amazing job. Maybe you might, maybe you might win the lotto, right? That would be amazing. Um, who knows? I'm just saying, you don't know. So I want you to just not freak out about certain things, but also to not give up and to keep writing those goals down. Keep looking at those goals. They're going to help you reframe. They're going to help you refocus over and over and over again. Use sticky notes, use poster board. You know, get a magnet thing for your refrigerator, write it on uh, your bathroom mirror, whatever you need to do, write the goals down. If you journal, journal about them. If you keep something on the computer, you know, use that, right? And come back to it, especially whenever you feel lost, come back to those goals, reevaluate them, help, help them recenter you. Um, maybe you might discover something that you're missing, but remember, the whole reason we're doing all of this is just to be able to have choices in life, to be able to achieve the goals or change our goals or create new goals, whatever it may be. That's what we want. We want to be able to have choices. It's the whole reason we budget, save, we go through any of this stuff. Um, you know, we sacrifice while we're working. It's just so we can have choices. And so I just want you to think a goal is a goal when it's written down. When it isn't written down, it's just a wish. So let's turn all of our ideas, all of the things that we want to do into goals. Let's write them down. Let's be super powerful about them. Let's be optimistic. Let's be like optimistic leaders and um, let's help others. You know, if you're listening to this podcast and it's resonating with you, you know, share this with your friends, uh, help your friends do this, right? I guarantee you, I've heard it enough times, so many times that Sometimes when it's hard for me to believe, I come back and I hear all the voices of all the people in my head that have told me this over and over and over again. This is a secret to massive success, all right? As always, you can follow me on Twitter at Game, Instagram at millennial underscore money. Everyone knows that putting money aside in savings is really important. But then what? Should you keep your savings locked in a CD for a higher rate or keep them liquid in a money market? Can your checking account help you save too? Or is it about creating the right combination? We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk about the savings options that are right for you. Learn more at sandyspringbank.com. Member FDIC. This year, Kind Snacks is inviting you to leave behind the diet and wellness fads that are no longer serving you. Instead, grab a Kind Bar, a nutritious and delicious way to eat more of the real, whole, recommended foods that we're not eating enough of, like nuts and whole grains. 
Because all kind nut bars lead with the first ingredient, nutrient-dense whole nuts, and they're gluten-free. With great flavors everyone will love, including caramel, almond, and sea salt, and peanut butter dark chocolate. So shut out the noise, trust your taste buds, and shop Kind Bars at Amazon today.